I am unashamed. What about you? So this is our last podcast, Lord willing. I shouldn't say last podcast until we wait and see what happens but in, in our temporary location. Next time we should be back uh, to the uh, back to the lair uh, getting ready for duck season. Uh, it's kind of our gear up time this time of year because we're not yeah. too far away. Uh, no, so we're like, what are we, six weeks from duck season? Seven? Less. Less than that. No. I don't even know what today is. 21st is... 21st of uh, November is opening day. Today's the what of August? I mean, uh, October. 15th. That 15th. We're, that we're recording, yeah. And what we'll do then. Five weeks. Is we'll hunt. And It'll then, be a week closer by the time this one Then comes we'll out. do the podcast. That's why, if you, for you long time listeners, that's why we had like face paint, because you just go immediately from the blind. Well, that's a little thing I didn't think of that the audience will just walk in from the duck blind. We yeah. stay from, we were there at 5 o'clock that morning. We'll be there at about 10, 30, 11. Catch that 10 o'clock flight. Then <laughs> we'll be back about 11 o'clock, 11, 30. We'll make adjustments on the podcast. But y'all will know we are fresh from the duck blind doing what we do. A lot That's of right. you say, well, boy, y'all got it made. But there's more to duck hunting than they really realize. You know, that made me realize uh, last podcast, we talked about stay, that passage in Timothy, stay away from foolish and stupid argument. Yeah. We've argued, because Phil and Si come from a different generation, and they think every hour, they've done this since I was eight, eight <laughs> years old, so over 40 years. When they're, They don't have watches. I think Si does. But they'll say, it's 845, get ready for that 9 o'clock flight. I'm like, ducks don't have watches. I've never, they, I've never owned a watch, but I've just noticed on up in the morning. I'll agree with that, but you'll four. say ten. You'll, <laughs> he was, and I'm like, because you don't. No, first he'll ask. He'll say, "What? What time is it? What time is yeah. it?" And you'll say, nine forty-five. You ready, boys? Fifteen minutes. Ten o'clock. Just 10 it o'clock. never I'm fails. Like, Ducks don't. They have no concept of time, <laughs> to my knowledge, other than dark and daylight. Which you know is what, what I'm trying to says. figure out. Uh, this is a worthy of uh, uh, debate or discussion, or just worthy of one's uh, hmm box. Uh, <laughs> but but none of hmm. the none of the Robertson family, my members, there are not but two of us left. Me and Cy. I have a younger sister passed on to the other side last year. Then Tommy, my brother, just two years older than me, he was. It's from the oldest, the next, the next, the next. It, it got down to me, then Cy, then Janice Ellen. Well, the last two standing were were Phil and Cy out of a seven-kids structure. So you look at that, and one of the things that most people might, might, not, uh, might find a little uh, odd, none of those seven ever – Purchased a cell phone. None of them. Not a one of them. They never. They that ne- is weird. They never used a cell phone, and the cell phone craze when it hit, you know, most of them they were all alive, mm-hmm. but but none of them used them. I'm not saying that you die early without a cell phone, but uh, but well, most, of them, most of them most of them most of them lived pretty well. Pretty, Death by cell pretty phone. Pretty ripe. Eh? I would. So, I'm so definitely what would gonna. You, what uh, would you say? I don't know though, Dad. Nope. Nobody in your. If you make it to eighty, if you make it to seventy nine, you will be 
the longest one living sibling that ever got there. I mean, Jimmy Frank was 78, and everybody else passed away before him. So yep. it wasn't super ripe old age because there yep. are some 80 and 90 years ago. So I it is interesting. No, it is one, interesting. Maybe I've, if they had bought cell phones. I've asked them, myself, I wonder why none of them went down the cell phone road. I don't know whether it's the way we were raised, but there has to be something there. That is true, and Jan was younger, so she certainly would have, should have, you know, if you were going to use she, one. She wouldn't there. touch one. No, she, there she, is, she thought they were toxic. There's something to be said about, it, is funny. it reminds me of that uh, dumb and dumber line when he was like wanting to turn on the radio, and he's like, radio? <laughs> and then they, eh. Man. And he started singing, and it was like it could whole, have been dumb. I, but these people, no, were, no, no, I'm not calling you dumb and dumber. I'm saying they all had college degrees, but Sai, Sai was the only one that didn't. No, you uh, missed my point. Earn a college degree. My point so. was, Phil, your whole lives are so entertaining. Without you, don't need any aid. Yeah, and so like now that may be a point. That that's my uh, my point was that you were dumb. That was just the movie. And I think part of it is at your. Age. I had the sheepskin when people say he's he's <laughs> dumb as a post. No, no, I can say n- not really. Well, you don't remember that segment. I go find, find, find. Well, I'm a sheepskin. The fact that you call, you refer to a diploma as a sheepskin is mostly I was like, what is a sheepskin? is the fact that it may be why your whole generation, meaning all your siblings, were just kind of one step away from the cell phone era, too. But you just talk, a lot of other po- but Phil, people, yeah. my point was you have conversation. I mean, my life was filled with conversations. I do think you're right about that, There's too. no, what do we need this for? We, most, our family was, and you know, we're, we're tight. We, we talk. It's like, I'll tell you this. If I, I've noticed this about myself, which is kind of weird. I'll share it. I've shared everything else. I guess I'll share this. If I need to, <laughs> here we go. If I Get need, ready. To, it's a confessional. Look, if I need to talk to Willie, I don't call him. I walk. How far is that? A third of a mile. Probably less than it, that. It's not a short distance, but I'll just. Now I have a cell phone, but I just walk over, yep. and I have a conversation. With with an actual human being, I, w- I would rather do that's that. That's where I am in the cell yeah. phone area. So maybe because that's that's my. If- but you know, it's interesting. So I never thought about it till you brought this up. So, or till Dad brought this up. And when we were when we would get together as a family, all the dad siblings would come in, all of our cousins, and for most of those years, the last years for our grandparents, mm-hmm. that was out on the river where we are now because that's where the grandparents yep. were. So they all came there, Thanksgiving or Christmas or both. But here's something you notice that, that to, to prove the point of what you said, I think it's true. Most time you hear people talk about family, oh, we love to get to the holidays, we sit and watch a movie or whatever. I mean, the TV would have been on in the corner of the room when all of us were together, but we never watched TV together. No. As, never. We never. were the entertainment. Like, side telling stories or Judy. We sit around and talk. We sat around or and we talk. Played or we played dominoes. Pl- or played like the kids played football and but like basically. the adults would play dominoes but you're not playing dominoes i mean you wanted to win because we're all highly competitive but basically you're having the con- a running conversation oh the whole time the, the entire time That's i've true. heard more tall tales over a domino game That's right. and then I'll, then somebody will actually make a mistake then it all moves to that <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> which is like you're telling some crazy story about catching a thousand catfish and it's like 
What'd you cut my Why stuff Why did you for? cut that five? What are I you mean, doing, We you were about idiot. to strap on yeah. that <laughs> We need, what we need is, I think what we need here, because we have a failure to communicate. <laughs> I think what we need is a shrink, a shrink to look at a family structure, just one in America, and why they never embrace the cell phone. I'm now, when the first radio came along, I remember that. <laughs> we need and, and I asked them, what is it? I was a little kid, you know, a little bitty kid. They said, it's a radio. I'm radio. They plug it in, and we would get there. And you could get gun smoke on the radio. Chester and Matt Dillon. And, yeah. and, so know, you were imagining what they looked the like. the horses galloping. You could hear them on the radio. The sound effect. So we would gather around the radio. I remember Gunsmoke and Amos and Andy, a couple of African Americans. They were they just would tell jokes and first one thing or another. Yeah. Amos and Andy, and uh, and uh, Matt Dillon. But that's it. But we had that, and we didn't have television for a long time. I was you know on up in junior high, or whatever. Cool. I was probably not junior high quite, but when the first television, and we went to our uncles, you know, to see what it looked like. And, what it was going to do. You remember the first phone? They said, what? we'll see movies. Did you, did you ever have a phone, like an in-house I remember phone? when the first landline came on telephone, and you had a, eight people were on the same line. Right. So you could pick it up, and, you know, Miss McKinney right over there lived right <laughs> next to Get off the telephone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you kids, get off the telephone. Oh, excuse me. You know, but but we didn't use but what's, what's, We didn't go use it or people call. I mean, my daddy would answer it. And he'd say, yeah, yeah. He was a man of few yeah. words. Yeah. <laughs> and so now when dad answers the phone, he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that for my <laughs> dad. We still, we brought this up before. We still haven't, haven't, Cy still doesn't figure out that the, the due to the microphone system, Cy starts talking like the further they are away, the louder he talks. <laughs> Because he, if he's talking to somebody from New York, he's screaming. Yeah. I'm like, si, I noticed it one day. I was they're like, way si, over there. Yeah. Said, si, why are you hollering? He's like, well, they're, they're from Alabama. <laughs> it doesn't matter, Sai, if whether you're talking to somebody from Alabama or down the street. But he can't, in his mind, he's thinking, well, they're further away, so I need but to raise my voice. you know what's interesting, though. Someone in our audience who is a computer guru, <laughs> somebody... Just, you won't be able to reach me directly with it, whatever information. Because you don't have a phone. Because I don't have a cell phone. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you want to get in, get in touch with somebody and try to figure out how does a one particular family structure in these United States of America, and none of the siblings ever used a cell phone. Well, I'm they're going like to say you're the, just old. It's just that generation. Well, send it to al at restorationproductions.net. That's where we get our mail you, for the So you're saying it was just the age we were born in. Just, I think that's what they're going to say. That, that's that, I'm, I'm trying. I, I would, I that's know. what I would guess. It, it is. That was a good point. I, I do find it interesting, it. we're talking about phones, that really – I mean, we since we've moved here, which that was in the seventies, which things were obviously much more advanced than we were talking about in the in the fifties. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when we bought our, the place that you still live in, we had a landline, but it was still a party line. Because remember, the Hudsons were on there, and oh, I mean, yeah. so even twenty years later here, 
because we were so far rural, because there wasn't a lot of. So we, y'all we are still, just. Do you remember saying, that? Do you remember yeah, the party line? We were slow to kept, catch on to technology. That's possible. And and it's still a problem, by the way, for our, our podcast because there's still no fiber optic line out that far, and so we really struggle with doing what we're doing to try to you know without good internet yeah. to be able to do yeah, what we're, we're doing we're, the podcast. We're it, still running into technology. It's still a, it's still a struggle even after all these years. So you think you know oh we're in America anywhere in the but it's not. It's still you can't get far enough out where it's still a problem. So speaking of podcasts, is interesting because. Um, uh, last, the last podcast we had, we were laughing about it once we ended it because it was like a tug of war. You know, we were going to start with John 13. We just kind of made a – Jason and I were taking off. Well, you preached, still, on, <laughs> you preached on it, son. You preached on John 13, and I figured once you <laughs> showed put the, the book up <laughs> – and Phil said, you know, John 15, bearing fruit, I thought. He don't but but I wanted it. to defend that because – and this is – I'm going to give you a little inside baseball on how the podcast works. So basically – I kind of put us a few notes together on where we might go because I never know. We get here. Jace has been off on some tail tangent. Dad's got something that's, you know, to burn a hole in his Bible. So, I mean, we may go anywhere on the podcast, but there is a light script. And so on it was John 15. So Dad actually was sticking to the script. It was me and Jace that went off script. So well, it's he- more an idea as far as, you know, our Bible study because we've, we've had emails and questions they're like well how do you learn all this well we've been studying this in my case i guess for four, over 40 years in your case 50 and yeah. you're what well me well, I, I thought you had one a few dark years there yeah but but <laughs> most of my adult life has yeah. been studying the bible i so, think I, I put us all together our years and together it's like a hundred years of Bible study and or teaching. Not that that you, I'm continually learning every day. Oh I mean, yeah, you look, don't ever Before it out. I came up here today, I had three different phone calls from people in my posse, I guess my my trusted friends. Your inner circle. And it, my inner circle, not not no family, just three of my friends about Bible related questions. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the warm up. I, I wasn't prepared to come up here because I just had, you know, my point is <laughs> where I'm having these discussions on a daily basis about biblical issues, that that's how you learn. Right, which is so, true. Uh, yeah. And you're right, we get asked that a lot. Let's, uh, let's take a break. When I look into the mirror, when you get in your mid-70s, I'm not shocked anymore. You know, you get in your mid-70s, and when you look in the mirror, you no longer say, whoa. Yeah. You just say, hmm. I'm still at the whoa stage. Yeah. <laughs> whoa. You'll pass, man. You'll come right on out of it. So, Jace, I don't, you're always wearing a hat, so I never know if you're – are you losing any of your hair? I mean, you're you're 50 years old. I started losing mine around 50. It's kind of a ball yeah, stop. I lose middle. some. Uh, you know, you take a shower, you look down, think, Yeah. That's why this is basically a hair net, though, because I have a lot of it to lose. <laughs> well, there's a lot of guys out there that start losing theirs a lot earlier uh, than I did or that you are, uh, and they start going bald pretty early. And so there's a company uh, that's been a longtime sponsor on our podcast called Keeps. And basically, uh, they're going to give you a hair loss treatment that help you keep your hair, and they ship it to you, go on their ad- their website address, and you get this, it comes to your door. You don't have to go to the doctor and all those type of things. So we want you to check them out if you need them. 
keeps, K-E-E-P-S, keeps.com slash door. You're going to get 50% off your first order. That's keeps.com slash door and hang on to your hair. Yeah, that means a hairnet is actually a good problem. So I want, before I get to this, I just thought about this a minute ago because we were talking about watches earlier. Someone sent a question in because I know uh, the folks that help help me answer my email about my watch, and I guess you noticed it. Uh, it's funny what people notice, the ones that watch the podcast. And so this Lisa gave me this watch, um, I think last year for birthday or Christmas or something. See, I would have been disappointed if my wife gave me a watch. And I love it. And and the reason why is because I wear a watch, obviously, unlike y'all. But then this is a an actual piece of an actual baseball that was played in a Dodger game. Yeah, I'm a huge Dodger fan, which they're in the playoffs right now. But that really – I mean, that was, to me, a really cool gift. I mean, it's like she knew I love baseball. She knew I love yeah, the Dodgers. I'm not impressed. Yeah, I know. You wouldn't I, be. I'm not that sentimental. <laughs> no. Well, because I just don't – I'm like – I thought when the cell phones came out, to bring that back up, that would kill the watches. I'm surprised people are still – I still like having a watch where I can just look down at it and not have to find the stupid phone because I feel like half but my Al, life most is Most people, the phone is attached to their body well, at all times. Well, and I'm, I'm like not that attached to my – I have to have it. I have to use it, but I don't like to use it. I mean, it's a, it's a necessary evil. That's what the I mean. other day we found Kay's cell phone inside the outside refrigerator. <laughs> she lost it. it. Took an hour. I said, "Get get somebody to call you, and we'll walk around." Until so I'm we not hear. even sure that qualifies as a cell phone. Number one, it's a little it's flip, a flip phone, phone yeah. from, and so she put it in the fridge. Anything you don't pick up with a wire on it with a cord. You know, okay. I, I got you're technically right, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, yeah. not. So, did we ever? Did you ever determine how it got in the refrigerator? Because typically, it's not where you'd put a cell. I just I noted can... that it was between the lettuce and <laughs> some soft drinks. And I got a guess. And on she's how it looking got at there. me, and she went to cackling like, like hollering, like ah. She 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 loved the fact <laughs> that she had found it. And I said, Miss Kay. Uh, I'm not even going to go into how it ended up between the lettuce and the Coke, but Cokes. I, I, said, I, I bet I you know. $100 she put it there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's how so it happened. So I thought maybe she walked in, got something, put that thing right there, and she shut the door and forgot that she had placed it there. That's the only thing I but, figured. Look, on several occasions, I've opened like a shirt or something and thrown it in the garbage and then carried she was the on her way. She was on her to way the to, the, to the garbage dump. To the to the to container. look through the trash, and she said, "Wait a minute." Dan went down there with a sack. She said, "I might have put it in the trash can." I said, "Why would you do that?" <laughs> well, nice. she said, "Well, you know, I just not thinking. I might have put it. That, but yeah. I'm gonna go check." Well, I said, "Well, let's give it one last shot. Get somebody to call you. Let's walk around." But y'all could hear it ringing inside the fridge, right? Faintly. Once we got on, well, <laughs> once we ascertained that it was not inside the house. I said, well, well y'all should have filmed this. Then we go oh, to that's the what porch. I'm saying. Well, I so wish two I We ended up on the porch, people. and I heard a faint because she's got, you know. Amazing you know, Grace. Ju- just as I am. What is Amazing it? Grace. You know, you know Amazing as- Grace. <laughs> and we were listening for Amazing Grace. Who would have sudden, just as I am on their phone? I that's hear funny. it, and I'm like, it's under that table. We look under the table. I said, no, it's it's a little further this way. I got out my earplugs. I, I so wish I could Attachments at where I could hear, you know. I ain't. Walking, so we go over there, 
And we get down, we all migrated down, and we come to the refrigerator, and I, and I opened it up. It was amazing there, grace, how sweet Amazing the sound. grace just come beaming out of the, out of the what we call it. And see, people thought Duck Dynasty was made up. Oh, yeah. Cause that, that, that's an episode. Amazing grace was too on the nose. How sweet the sound. <laughs> all right, so, Dad, you brought up another question I have to get an answer to now before we ever get back to John 13. So... You, how much did your hearing aids, where you can hear an ant walking, uh, how much did they cost? Do you remember? Like a thousand bucks. Five thousand. Oh, five thousand? Five grand. Oh, wow. So my question is, why do you not, you never wear them unless you're like trying to hear an ant. I mean, what, what's the, because I, I come I'll, in and Fox News is so loud, I like always, my ears are hurting. Yeah. You're, you're a little, little out, of, out of tune there, son. <laughs> I always wear them when I have, Shotguns on my right. We got six people, right. seven people in a duck blind. Okay. I try to get on one end so that it's. Now a, you don't try, you do it. Yeah, you, no, you don't I try. Get on You're one end. Be there, I'm right? going to the end because <laughs> that way spot. that just puts them on one side. I got you. But that side there takes a beating. Oh yeah. If you don't have ear protection, you know who's so beside. So I asked someone, do they make ear protectors to where I can still hear? It doesn't. It's my duck call's not too loud. But for loud shotgun blasts. Because they cut blast, the sound off. I, get I it. said, the decibels, can they cut down the decibels? The woman said, oh, there's no problem, Mr. Robertson. We can do that for you. So I go up there, and, you know, this chick, she tells me, you know, what the thing to do. Right. It, it, it will shut off any kind of damage to your Correct. ear. It, it shuts it down. I, I get that. And so I, I always wear it there. Right. So, so what, But why not all the rest of the time? Because then you could just hear all the time. Like, because now I'm my hearing is... It's I, you know I probably lost a little bit through the years, but overall I hear pretty well. But I just don't want to cause any more damage at seventy four. I'm gonna disagree with that, but you do hear, you can hear, and I do think it's the shotguns. And, but you brought up an interesting, interesting point. I noticed that people that talk real soft when they're discussing the prop, they charge a lot of money. You think yeah. about that, doctors. <laughs> Lawyers, ear specialists—they start talking like this. That mean, look, psychiatrist, counselor, you know, insurance salesman. Yeah, look, we're this is stockbrokers. Yeah, funeral Everybody, home directors. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's a lot of money. <laughs> that, it's almost left. like being stroked. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed that. I if think when you're on the edge of getting slicked, <laughs> look, the yeah. first stage is stroke them. Look, when so, they're so hollering, you, what do you think? Stroke them and smoke them. Look, when they're hollering, <laughs> what do you got? Used car salesman. Yeah, Somebody's right. selling something on the street corner. Oh, yeah. Get your, ride it. It's, right. what, it costs a buck. You know, <laughs> peanuts. The cheaper it right. is, the louder they are. I've just noticed But I will that. say I this. In the duck know. world with shotguns, to answer your question, oh, man. that's right beside you. And sometimes through the amateurs, we take people every once in a while, not much. But the, but, the, but the experts, when they start waving their gun barrel over towards you, it's paid off in a many, many times. I'm like, whoo, I'm glad I had this hearing protected on. Well, yeah. my, my theory is about why is the question is that the reason Dad doesn't wear the hearing aids all the time to hear all the stuff is he really doesn't want to hear what's going well, on. Well, if you apply my <laughs> a lot of I mean, to he, that. he likes to just tune out that world and get if it. You his apply I can my... tune out like screaming children. <laughs> <laughs> I can tune them out where I'm not hearing them. That's right. Or well, once a, a little group of women who are cackling, cackling, they, they just keep, they, they, I can tune them out. Yeah. 
Well, if you apply my principle, that works out. Because people are trying to take your money, they're whispering. That's right. Oh, yeah. Tune them out. And those are conversations that Dad doesn't want to listen to anyway. Yeah. Um, That was funny. Um, So that was the inside baseball so to speak, of, of kind of how we do our podcast. Too. Well, you kind of gave By false way, information. Gave, you said light outline or light. What? There's like an idea. In deference, yeah, it's, it's light. It's in deference to you, I will say that many times if one of the soft-spoken types is talking to me, I've never mm-hmm. heard of her. I don't know where her number come from. I just in a moment of weakness said, yeah. And she starts with one of these smooth. <laughs> I say, hold the phone just a minute. I said, Dan, come here a minute. I said, talk to this woman. See what see what she wants, and I'll just hand it off. I'll just hand it off to somebody. If I, in a moment of weakness, get a hold of a phone call that I'm like, what am I what am I doing here? Because yeah. she's she's talking about stuff I have no idea. Yeah, you know, I'm I with, just I'm with it, this you know? group or that group, and you know we the, we've we great news is we've got. I said, hey hey hey, wait a minute. I said, Dan, talk to her. So Dan will walk away from me and come back in 15 minutes and say she just wanted. to. Fleece you out of a little money. I said, well, yeah, well, see, I just noticed at a ball game, people hollering, you know, peanuts, popcorn. And then when I got some money, which was most of my life I didn't have any, so I was around people who were hollering at all times because that's who I ran with. Used yeah. car salesmen, and I'm, you know, I'm buying clunker trucks, and they're, they're hollering, trying to get me to buy it all the time. Well, when I got some money, then the tone went down. Yeah. You know, you meet with the stock people. Yeah, rednecks are pretty loud. You know, they don't go around saying heart surgery. No. Yeah, you know, I mean it, it just <laughs> it's, it's, it's a now. Now what we'll do <laughs> it's is a, it's a, a ruffling what, of a, a, a you, calming you down. In, everybody's calm <laughs> and, and everybody's talking. And, and so now I've noticed when everybody's oh. barely whispering, I'm getting nervous. <laughs> I'm like, they you better hold on to your wallet, trying. son. So I think you can apply that to life, and it'll help you see the well. These stock market flag. people that you talk to now, you being a how are they? Are they pretty pretty slick, Jace? If you just bring it on down to where it yeah, is, they, they're barely whispering. Yeah, and so that's when I was like, "Okay, I'm getting all my stuff, and I'm leaving." Yeah. You start talking <laughs> like they do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and we're gonna thanks, but no thanks. I'm I'm funny. good. And you know what's funny about that? Well, let's take a break. So one of our sponsors uh, that have been with us a long time, I have to give them kudos because. Uh, they were way ahead of the curve. Uh, it's called My Patriot Supply. And basically, it's a four-week supply of emergency food. Uh, and this food lasts up to 25 years. And I don't know about y'all, but I mean, this year with the hurricanes and everything that's happened, I've, I've had power out more uh, than I have, at, well, since I was a kid, since I was lived out there on the river. Would you say the same thing, Jay? Oh, yeah. I mean, hurricanes. and It's just been, so, a, it's been a volatile year, Al. Yeah, and look, there's going to be a lot of volatile years in the future. So you want to be able to check these guys out. MyPatriotSupply.com. They're going to ship it straight to your door. Last up to 25 years, you get a four-week supply. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. What's funny about that, Jace, is the the stock market itself is the yelling. I mean, you've, you've seen the... You ever seen the when they show the video of when they're actually trading the stocks? They're yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. It looks it like the chaotic. most insane, mm-hmm. chaotic but thing. But they're the point men. They got people 
say saying, "Get me this yeah. now." <laughs> you see what I mean? But the guy, there's a guy in a dark room. There's a soft topic somewhere, somewhere saying, "I got my guy down there." What are all the pieces of paper on the floor of the joint? <laughs> <laughs> All the little pieces because it's covered with there notations right. for the prices. I guess. I guess you so, know yeah. it's a it's a price, it's a big game. I've it, seen movies it about is. it. Well, Jace, I admire you for joining that gang, but I mean, I'm. I'm it was <laughs> a two year road. Uh, we've got numerous people have requested. Well, when is Jace going to help us? And I could. I, I think one podcast. I should just. We should do it on finances, and I should just give you my take. That's a good idea. Because I'm a real person, individual. There's very few of us in the market. Most of them are inst- institutionalized or Are you making something. money at this endeavor? A lot of money. Because, number one, I have no fees. Because my team is, there's three of us, me, myself, and I. <laughs> <laughs> you're like I'm, the godhead you know that, just I, all that usually doesn't bring the throng your way <laughs> well you do your research and you, you there's a lot of data all right so and, so all right you got one next next thursday we're, gonna, we're doing we got a one-off podcast can you be ready to do i'll, I'll do it and i'll tell you what i'm skyping because look thursday. i don't have any i'm not tied to any if you can indice. talk the one who sired you yeah, sire means get you here. Uh, it's like a if you can winder. talk him in to <laughs> slip it, slip some little cash to you. I would say, irregardless of what the audience does, I'll, I'll, I'll go with the deal. Here's the deal: if you though. don't charge a fee, what have they got to lose? I mean, you know, they're, they're, well, I'm not charging myself a fee. You see, because this is this is me. They they have ways, and especially since November of last year, which would have been 2019. Somebody. Well, I know who did it, Charles Schwab. They said, from now on, if you give us your money, you can invest and trade stocks for $0 per transaction. So that kind of revolutionized Yeah, because they advertised that big time. Yeah. I mean, you saw that. So now there's still companies that charge fee, And that, that that's just trading per trade. Most places you give them your money, they invest it in a safe way, but they at a nominal fee. And so it's very hard to make money off the market anyway, percentage-wise. And their goal usually is 5 to 7% in most of these places. So really that's, what, 10 because you got to pay them. Well, if you weed them off, you're already free rolling. I mean, you can buy two stocks with what yeah, a pretty good amount of it with what you're giving them. So it's like if you cut down on all your losses, now somebody's got to know what the heck they're doing. And that's why I said if I'd have known now, what I knew then, I'd never done it because it was too big. But I'm so stubborn. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to have to take night classes. I'm going to have to learn how to read a balance sheet. I'm going to have to come familiar with the top 1,000 companies in the world. But I'll, we can do a podcast yeah, about right, next it. Podcast. Next podcast. I'll, I'll give you what I think. And you know what? This will be redneck. What will we call it? Redneck stock redneck market. Stock we'll market come up with something. We'll come up with a catch. Redneck night. riches. Redneck riches. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right, so that's the next podcast. So we need to advertise that. So, so we we talked about last time we began to talk about um, a sermon I preached this last Sunday because one of the fun things for me is that we're studying John and we're preaching John mm-hmm. at, at WFR, uh, which has been great for me because I've been kind of double study into this. And we talked about McGuigan, and uh, <clears throat> he has a book called The God of the Tao. So that's why I entitled my lesson. So I want to read this little opening section and, and get your take on it. So in the very beginning, I said, here's how I started the sermon. So we have a 
person read a scripture for as a kid or a teenager. So she read the scripture. And so this is how I opened. I said, on the eve, here's the setting, the eve of the Passover feast in an upper room, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, the creator of all things in heaven and on earth, invisible and visible, the one who is above all thrones, all powers, all rulers, all authorities, the one who is before all things and in him, in whom all things hold together, the alpha, the omega, the first, the last, the beginning, and the end. This is the setting. He's down on his hands and knees washing the dirty feet of 12 of the most consistently confused young Jewish men the world has ever known. And then I just paused as I just did now and said, when, is, that what ha- is that where we're at here in this text? Which is Colossians. Mostly Colossians 1. 1, 1 yeah. 15, Where I most think. of that came from. Where, yeah, which is. And Revelation. It's so, uh, oh, it's so. I mean, just think about that. I, that but, just struck me when I you know, thought about those passages. It's, it's quite the thought. I think the passage is so not powerful. I mean, it is powerful, but it's so beyond human comprehension i think a lot of times and there was times in my early life where i just couldn't go down the possibility that someone like that existed right because then even if every one of those small points that are true Colossians 150 you just think he holds all things together uh he made all things. He made all things. He's the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. I mean, it's just like, well, well, wait a minute now. This unbelievable being that's supposed to be believable yep. with with all that power and might is now a servant and, and trying to show them that I'm going to provide the cleansing, which to me is the point of John 13. Which is why I get so frustrated when I hear sermons or hear other people think that there's somehow or another they're going to cleanse themselves. Right. You know, you hear it in stuff like, well, when I get my life straight, I'll come to Jesus. Right. Well, you missed it. That's not going to happen. That's just some lie you've told yourself. Right. <clears throat> exactly. In fact, in verse one, he said, having loved his own who were in the world, talking about his disciples and, and anybody he loved, he now showed them the full extent of his love. And some of the earlier manuscripts that now you see in translation said he loved them to the end, to the last. So you, th- you think he's talking about the cross? Yeah, I think he's yeah. talking about because this is the moment, right? Yeah. I mean, because he's he's on the eve of the moment. I mean, that's fixing to change the whole world. I mean, he's going to die, and he's going to be put into the tomb and come back. Plus, he told them this over and over. Correct. He told. He did. He told. I've often wondered about that phrase, the full extent of his love. What yeah. exactly that means? I don't know. That's what, really good. I, I, yeah, I think it means like that. To the utmost? Or? That and to the idea that he's obviously God, but he's saying, I love you so much, I'm about to get down on my knees and wash your feet. And eventually die. And eventually Which die. Is, that's why I keep going back good. to that. Because you've heard people, I, you know, I've had buddies who are like, man, I love that woman. Like he's having problems with his wife, and he's like, mm-hmm. I'd die for her. But they throw that around like, and I'm thinking, no, you wouldn't. It, it just it's something that's easier said than done. But that's funny you that said would that. be the full extent if you gave your life 
even though you're going to get it back, how, how could you get any better? It's funny that? you said that. I was trying to find out my notes. So at uh, some point in my sermon, I think it was the end of it, I said, you know, people will say that, like, you know, I didn't know you said. That. I said it at the end of the sermon. So I said, you know, they'll say I, I'm going to give my, I would give my life for my wife. Yeah. But I, what I said was, ninety nine point nine percent of your life, you will not have an opportunity to physically give your life for another person. Mm-hmm. I mean, that happens a little bit, you know, it happens From time to time, time to time. But I said, a hundred percent of the time, you have an opportunity to spiritually give your life daily. Yeah. And it, I said, it starts with a woman or man laid next to you. You know, your your spouse, your children, and then anybody you meet as you go out. I mean, that's the idea about the, you lay your life down for somebody. Mm-hmm. Jesus did it physically, but he also does it spiritually because it gets consistent, and now he does it. Plus, one good point to remember, he's doing this knowing they're all sinful men. That's right. One thing is to die for a good person. I think it said somewhere in Romans, yeah, the Apostle Paul, right. a few times, for a good man, you dare to die. Might possibly dare to die. Yeah, but, but, but if you're an enemy, Romans, five. Romans 5. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're an enemy, it comes a little tougher to die for him while I we like were enemies. He acknowledges right. that some people do die for other people, but he's like, but when you look now at you're what, washing their feet, that's one thing, but you say, He's prepared, and he knows he's going to do it. He's going to die for him, right? Well, that kind of brings it into a little bit of a little better context. Exactly. What's interesting about you brought up McGuigan is that I'm kind of in the same triangle because here we are doing a podcast where we use John as the main theme, the vehicle, I guess, to share Jesus, which is our point. We're looking at the attributes and characteristics of Jesus. That's why it's such a powerful statement, yeah. Colossians one fifteen, because. <clears throat> They, you know, they somebody labeled that the supremacy of Christ, which was a pretty good title. Yeah, I actually good. agree with that. But you know, McGregor and I go way back. I'm not sure how we got to know each other, but we'll, you know, he's in his 80s, and uh, I said I need to write a book on basically what we're doing in the podcast, the nuts and bolts of going through John, because I'm I'm constantly reading John. And when I go do my speeches, my invitation, which is so different than a normal preacher, because I I'll, I get up there and say, "Well, I use I got this from Phil." Phil's like, "I know I look like a preacher, but actually I'm not." <laughs> but I'll add, I'll say, "I'm a believer," because I'm disarming them about all the different denominations and religious groups, and I'm like, "I believe Jesus is the Son of God," and I introduce. Jesus to whoever the audience is, whether they're lost, saved, church event, worldly event, whatever. But at the end, my invitation is not, I don't say a prayer. I don't talk to them about being baptized. I don't even talk to them about changing their life. I say the same thing. I said, you go home because that's where we need Jesus more than any place that I know of. You go to your house, find you a Bible, read the book of John, and see what Jesus is like. Don't ask your preacher. Don't ask your buddy. You look at him and say, yes or yay or nay. And so that that's the thrust of my mm-hmm. my speeches. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll write a sermon. And I asked McGuigan, I said, would you like to be involved in this? And he, of course, he's in his witty way. Of course, we're going by email, you know. 
his witty way, he's like, you know, I'm in my 80s, Jays. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but he said, I, I don't mind, you know, consulting. So it's funny, as me and another guy who I love, you know, and you know, I, I won't say his name because we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see how it turns out. So we're collaborating, but it's hard to write with someone. Yeah. And so we started off with an introduction. Of course, all we're trying to do is get to John and, and we're yeah. using from the podcast. So I sent him the introduction and look, I didn't love it. But so I knew this may be, he may be like, you know, I don't know, Jace. So he sends back the email and he, and the first paragraph is the most flowery I've ever seen from him. He was like, our friendship, I've often thought about our friendship and it's just, I believe it's God directed. And th- then it hit me about third sentence. I thought, uh-oh. Oh, he doesn't like this because he's talking about <laughs> he's you what, up. what I'm fixing to say will challenge our friendship. So he gets to the next paragraph and he said, honestly, this is not good. He said, you need to start over and write something that's nowhere near this. <laughs> Which is why you love McGuigan, right? And so, look, I sent him back. And they wonder how hard it is to write a book. Yeah. And oh so I goodness. sent him back, and I was like, you know, I appreciate it. Because I, I, I did. But he was more impressed with how I responded yeah. to the withering barrage of <laughs> You're going the wrong way. <laughs> you were asking for I, it. I, I was like, what? And he had more detailed. Well, but by the way, he's say. smart because he's written a lot of books. So let's take yeah. a break. So I wanted to read you the first thing he said in this chapter, Jess. You'll love this. It says, This is the God who wore the towel. This is this chapter in his book, The God of the Towel. There were 13 men in the upper room that night, 12 lords and one servant. I mean, I just thought that was the you know, that's the way he writes. It just gripped me right off the bat, you know, just reading into it. And he's right. In their minds, and then he, he talks about it. So it's it's in Matthew 22. Uh, no, Luke 22. In Luke 22, <clears throat> McGuigan pointed out, and I didn't think about it till until I read the chapter, that it gives you, it tells you in Luke 22 that the disciples on that night, and I don't know if it's before or after, I'm, uh, surely it had to be before Jesus did what he did, they were arguing amongst themselves as to who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Yeah. In that moment, which, you know, McGuigan didn't say this, but I thought it. I thought, you know, Luke is the only one that mentions it. John doesn't mention it. Matthew doesn't mention it. And then Mark, who's basically Peter's scribe, you know, Peter's view of it from the book of Mark, none of them mentioned it because I I thought they were probably too embarrassed to mention that. I mean, like, they were arguing amongst themselves. So my first point in Mm -hmm. in my sermon was that there were three mindsets in the moment we're looking at here. There were three mindsets. One, and I got this from McGuigan, the it was that. You know, they were they were thinking who's going to be the greatest among us and arguing about it amongst themselves. The second one was Judas, because we read about in him that he's making his decision to follow through with everything. And then later, remember in the evening, Satan enters him. That's in that that contest. So it's then you got that going on. And then you got Jesus. And some of the stuff that he was thinking about just blew my mind. It's all right there in the first three verses. He knew his time had come to do exactly what he said. He knew he was leaving, He said it says there. Uh, he knew about what was going on with Judas. Mm-hmm. You know, he knew that was happening. And yet he washed his feet anyway, which is incredible to me. I mean, he, he was about to betray him, and he yeah. did that. 
And then it says he knew who he was. He knew he was God. He knew God had given him all things, all power. Mm-hmm. So like he realized that. And I thought about it, you know, Jesus was outside of time. And then he put himself inside time and become a person. And then he be, had space now that he would always have. You know, when he left here, plus, he, he's always going to have space. He's always going to have a body. It's glorified now. Plus, it would I mean, make that's a change in eternity. It would make it a little easier to understand from his viewpoint. Uh, he, he, let's see. <clears throat> he knew that God had put all things under his power. Now, that's a lot of power. That's a lot of power. And that he had come from God and was returning to that's God. That's right. So if you're fixed to do something and it's brutal, it's brutality like you've never seen put on one person, and he's washing the feet there, out of all the people that have been sentenced with that kind of cause, think about it, the father had basically sent him into a situation to where Never having made a mistake, you are sentenced to die a, a horrible death. Right. I mean, with all that in mind, and he's washing the feet of the ones he's fixing to die for, knowing he's going to return to God, man, I, I, I don't know. You know, a lot of people come up and they say, well, it's Jesus, the Bible stuff. But how does somebody invent that kind of person? Well, and this, of course, if it wasn't true, how do you invent that? It, you can't. And and what I thought about was it wasn't necessarily the foot wash. That was their culture. That's what servants did. Somebody else washed your feet when you came into their house. It wasn't just just the foot washing, although that certainly because in our culture, it's like, well, people don't wash anybody's feet anymore. You wash your own feet. But it was the idea that that this God that made us serves us, that like he's willing to get on his knee. That, that's what he said. And then he says at the end, the reason you're, you don't even understand this, mm-hmm. you, don't, well, you don't even know what's going on. You don't even know why I'm doing this. But one day you're going to know. Because, Al, he had to do it that way because you would never think victory in a human mind. You would never think. We, we already know the end of the story, so we think it. Right. But victory never comes from defeat. That's right. It never comes for surrender. You know, I'm competitive as it comes. I cannot stand people who quit. Right. If I have the idea that you're quitting <laughs> or that you're like, hey, guys, now let's just let's serve each other. I'm like, go play for somebody else. <laughs> you, you know, we're, we're attacked. Take everything I head wish, on. Conquer. I, w- I wish one more man was in on this discussion. I wish Thomas Jefferson <laughs> was here, was sitting Dad right there. Dad can't get over that Jefferson I, missed the resurrection. When I read his Bible, <laughs> he, he the last thing he said, and eyewitness accounts said that Jesus Christ died on the cross. And I turned the next page, and it was blank. And I thought, I said, Thomas, come on. He, he just couldn't buy. I wanted to say this miracle. before. <laughs> uh, That's funny. You know, McGuigan, he he As smart as he was, Al. <laughs> McGuigan has a has a site where they I think it's on YouTube, but they he has a what do you call it? A channel, a page, or is that what it's called? It's a channel. Yeah. So you I don't know the lingo. But he has it's called reflection. So and it's mainly for preachers and you know, theologians, because he's a real smart guy. I mean, like if you'll pull one up, there's just a few views or or whatever, but they're McGregor really with that accent. Where's he from? Al? He's from Ireland. 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 And but once you kind of figure out his personality, uh, 
because some of what he's saying is, you know, he's being sarcastic or whatever. But I, you know, the I've listened to a lot of those, but I wanted to bring this 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 point up because he brings up this where here was Judas and it says Satan entered him because, and he has some really good ideas on the role of the evil one just from his study. But everything that you read on that first verse, that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, you know, dot, 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 et cetera, et cetera, the the evil one is not. That's right. He doesn't have the qualities that makes God who he is. He's not eternal. Nope. He's not. God alone is immortal. He's not all powerful. He's not all (laughs) knowing. And he makes the point. He did a whole series on that is why I brought brought that up, is that. He believes that we give him way too much credit and authority and power for terrible decisions that we make. Now, in this case, yeah, Satan himself entered Judas because he thought this is a game-changing moment. I'm going to use defeat to to win. That's what he did. That's why it says he was a killer and accuser right. from the beginning. Right. If you were causing too much trouble for him, he'll just kill you. But God used that his knowledge of his creation. Satan was a created being with the ability to choose, just like we are. That's right. He used that against him to ultimately destroy his work. And now that's why there's a confidence in being in Jesus that when he says you resist the evil one, what does he do? Runs like a coward. That's right. So I just want to bring that up. Yeah, it's a good point. Good Uh, point. So I'll close it with this. Um, He says in, in... in 15, verse 15, I have, set you, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. This is what he tells us. That's why I did this. Then he says, the last thing he says there, he says, you will be blessed if you do them. Which Anytime I see if in the Bible, that's an action call to us. And so I want to close with this. Uh, Peter, you know, is the one didn't want him to wash him, remember, wash his feet. Here's later Peter, because he said, you'll understand this later. Here's what Peter said in 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards. I love this phrase, as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So Peter got it, obviously. But I love the he's idea. He's come a long of, way from it, that room saying, hey, you know. What do you, you know, he's, Jesus comes up to him and goes, are you going to wash my feet? And, and he says, yeah. And Jesus says, yes. That's, you know, obviously, I got the towel here. He, and he says, no. Yeah. I mean, think about how brassy that is. All the things I, I read. Earlier, I would probably say no too. But he because he yeah. misunderstood. He was like, no, well, no, that's you're, me. You're I'd too have, good. I'd have misunderstood. I've been like, no, that's all right. I'm good. I have to admit, <laughs> the the oh, uh, who was the preacher here that went on the Texan, you know, over here? Oh, Ray, Ray Melton. Melton. Ray Melton. Ray Melton one time come in there and he pointed me out. And I must admit, I kind of had the attitude of Peter. Yeah. He said, I'm going to wash your feet there, Rob. I yeah. said, I said, hey, oh, easy now, easy. I forgot about no, that. No, I don't like. He did. I wouldn't, that. I, I I wouldn't like another. I, I wouldn't I like another man touching my feet. Let me <laughs> well, just say that. I didn't think I was worthy. Of yeah, your him. dad's was more of the same reason, Peter. It's more, yeah. I didn't think I was worthy of yeah. a foot washing, but but he, he says, but I did stop, and I will have to admit, I'm just sit there. But it was a humbling yeah. experience. Yeah, and I've seen it done. I hate to burst bubble. your bubble. You know why he picked you? You had perhaps you had the, the ones I've seen. You had the ugliest feet on the planet that wow. I've seen. You throw that in there too. 
<laughs> I've washed your mother's feet before, but other than that, yeah, I've and she has the tiniest feet in the world. You know, washing the feet, feet of others, Al, it's not something you volunteer to do. No, no. which no. is what that's why he used that example. So this is why the Unashamed Podcast is so popular because we talk about foot washing, and then we close with Dad has the ugliest feet. <laughs> but he, you know, he didn't. He didn't argue. He didn't argue. He didn't disagree. Well, he's got some bunion issues. <laughs> All right, we'll see. If you go things. barefooted for years when you're young, mm-hmm. your feet come out looking there's pretty con- rough. There's consequences. there's consequences. Oh, yeah. That's that's a good life. So I'll, I'll I'll leave with this. If uh, if you're interested in watching this sermon, you go to WFRChurch.org and go to our where we keep all our archive stuff so you can hear the whole sermon. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.